somewhat of a word that the, the Lord had actually deposited in me that I want to be faithful to share. And uh, first of all, I, I just wanted to say that uh, it's incredible to be a part of what is God is doing on the earth. It really is. Uh, I hope that that is the reason that we are here, actually, um, because it's all about Him. We've read before. Uh, it's all to Him. It's all through Him. And He's the very reason that we're here. And uh, this morning, as, I, as I've kind of, I think one of the responsibilities that you carry when you when teaching is, uh, or, or preaching into something, is like being sensitive to what God's doing and being able to adapt this if it needs adapting. Uh, and <laughs> it's an uncomfortable place to be, um, but also an absolute privilege. Can I say this, that we've, we've now said amongst on a one, two, or three mics going, we don't really enjoy this. I enjoy it. I enjoy it, not because, I, not because I'm up front and I, I don't enjoy that, <laughs> but I, I count it a privilege to be able to share um, about my king, and um, that is something that uh, I will always cherish, that the Lord has given me somewhat of a deposit to be able to go, no, can I tell you about my king, <laughs> and um, I couldn't even go to the tuck shop when I was, well, how old, my mom's here, she'll know. I couldn't even go to the tuck shop alone. It was like I want to hold mom's hand and she'd be able to lead me to the tuck shop. It was something I really struggled with. And it's amazing to see as you give things to God, as you lay things before him, he's like he takes the lost and the broken things of this world. And he says, ah, through this I'll display my glory. <laughs> and so I, um, I don't necessarily enjoy standing in front of people and speaking. But if it's to share of his goodness, man, I, I realize that's probably the reason he's put me on this earth. And if that's all I do till the day I die, man, I count it a privilege. Eh? <laughs> so it's lovely to be with you this morning. I do want to be sensitive to what the Lord's done. I actually even asked them, uh, your, your names, <laughs> Lindy, <laughs> Lindy, I'm normally, I'm normally all right with names, but uh, Lindy, I think, was as overwhelmed as I was. So um, it's amazing, you know, you, you kind of sense that the Lord's doing something, and in a moment with a song, it's like His, His presence is made manifest, and, and you're aware it's like your eyes are, eyes are open to what God is doing, and it's like this holy moment. And I, I want to be tentative to that, because I think sometimes in light of, you know, uh, a couple of songs of worship, and, uh, and, a, and well, then we must have the preach, and we fall into these systems, and, and God doesn't generally build with systems. <laughs> uh, they're useful for us, uh, but He says it's like the, if following Him is like following the wind. You don't know where it's coming from or where it's going. And so you need to be sensitive. So I want to remain sensitive this morning. I shared with uh, some of our guys this morning that what I've got down here is something that I feel like the Lord's deposited. But in a sense, it's there, but it's not all placed together. It's not how I would like it. And I think there's actually, uh, I want to say, even a strength in that because I, I can't rely on this. I'm going to rely on God. And, and that's the safest place to be. Um, I feel that actually for us, building now, church-related, needs to be almost like scaffolding. So yes, sure, firm foundation. But should the Lord ask us to build there? Oh, but Lord, we've, you know, the foundation we've put in place is, is here. This is oh, that's like a rocky one. I want you to build, I want to build on my firm foundation. Would we be willing to, and if, I think if you have actually built with these solid firm foundations or in our minds firm foundations and the Lord says shift, that's why we always say scaffolding. Lord, where do you want to build? Okay, not here. Okay, we tear down. We build here. 
and, and it's, we would call it scaffolding. Uh, and that's not to say that we are not building on a firm foundation. This is the only place we're going to build. Um, and I, I, I trust that the Lord will keep us on that plumb line. All right. So this, mo- this morning I'd love to share, um, I had a couple of different uh, titles for it, uh, and I'll get to that. But I, I do feel like there's something of, um, you know, the word says this, those uh, people will perish because of a lack of vision. And I was asking God, what is that vision? What is that vision? Because, like, you know, like, uh, I realized, Father, that you put me in charge of a, a congregation, a people here in Asbentown. And, like, the, the word, you know, we're not going to have lights. Sorry, guys. We have everything else, but not the lights. Luckily, the lights are in us. Eh? Um, <laughs> but um, it's a terrible thing to, to think of a, a congregation that is entrusted to you perishing for a lack of vision. And I thought, oh, God, you know, I've got to be... And he just dropped in my heart, it's eternity. It's eternity. Don't set them up for this, only for this life. Set them up for what's to come. And, and that, is, that is ultimately, that's our destination. And so I want to I start with a question. Um, I'm going to try and get it right. And it wasn't, it wasn't planned, okay? So it, uh, give me a little bit of creative, uh, what is it? Space, what? License, creative license, that's the one. Okay, so are we fleshly beings having a temporary spiritual existence or are we spiritual beings having a tempor- temporary fleshly existence because whatever I say now for what I belo- uh, believe the Lord has deposited in me today to share with us uh, if that is going to be the, the goggles that you're going to view it through it's going to seem a little bit strange Okay, so I'm going to say it again. Are we fleshly beings having a temporary spiritual experience? Are we spiritual beings having a temporary physical experience? Okay. And uh, maybe, is it a question? Yeah, you're asking, is it a question? <laughs> Look like you, the second one. Okay, would we agree that it's the second one? Okay, cool. All right, good. Because I, I do feel like that's actually going to be imperative to how we view this today. Uh, and in, in terms of actually our final destination. And so the, what I've chosen to almost entitle this preach uh, is Back to the Future. Back to the Future. And for anyone who is, I mean, I don't know when that movie came out, but uh, most people would know it. I think if you are uh, 90s and, uh, and before, but even some amongst us, like I know Zan, you'd probably dig that. Um, and Back to the Future. And you say, like, when you think of that, uh, and why I want to use that as a uh, the title is if when you think of Back to the Future, it's quite a contradicting sentence because generally futures in your futures what coming, and we're talking about Back to the Future. And I, and I did feel like this morning I'm going to share some uh, scripture that I've been chewing on for a little bit, a little while. I don't know if you guys were here with Lucas in the last weeks, uh, but he spoke about a cow having various stomachs and how it goes from one to the next to the next. And I've been mulling over this portion of scripture. It says meditate on this. And so I've been meditating on this scripture, and I feel like it's actually something that I would love to share with us today. Um, and in, in my quiet time, I, I had a good quiet time. I actually spent most of it, I don't know, I mentioned to some of you guys that I've been having some quiet times on the bench. It's quite hard to have a quiet time with an 11-month-old boy in the house. A house is only so big. Uh, it's not a very quiet time unless I do it in his nap time, right? And even then, it's a risk. 
So um, when, when I look to, when I seek in God, like I, I went earlier this week, Monday, Tuesday, and I found a bench. I learned not to use the bench at the main beach because that one will, you will find someone that sees you there. It's like walking into spa. It's done for. Um, but I, I found a bench way on the wild side. It was actually close to Glenn and Sam's place. And uh, I was sitting there, and as I sat down on the bench, I was like, Lord, um, I'm here for you. Um, I feel a responsibility, and I know you've called me to this, and so I'm, uh, I'm, this is my time, you know, and it first, first dropped in my heart, you know, I will not give myself fully to those who are in a hurry, as uh, something Mervis always said, and I sat there, I go, okay, adjust already. <laughs> Sometimes it's lovely spending time with God, but still he starts to put his finger on something, and you go, ah, oh, come on, um, and so I will not give myself fully to those who are in a hurry, and I spent time. And I was, I was sitting on the, on the bench, I started to, uh, just inquiring of God what was in his heart to share with us today. And, uh, and I looked at the bench, and on the bench is this like little plaque, and they're all over Azabontane, it's actually quite an interesting thing. I spent the rest of the quiet time walking from bench to bench along the coastline and seeing what people had written about people's lives. Because uh, generally there's a little plaque, and then on there it will say, and I, I've actually got some of them here, and I want to read them. I'm going to leave out names in case they're family members, okay, because that could be awkward uh, <laughs> if they're some of your family. But um, uh, this was one of them. So it's always in our hearts. It's, that's cool, you know. Like I, I think, uh, what, you know, what would someone write on, Lindy, what would someone write on your bench, like on your plaque? How, you know, what sort of... A little something with some. So here's another one. Okay, here's my Afrikaans. You ready? Rasach periere se voete. Not bad, eh? Kathleen? Is it alright? Rasach periere se voete. Here's another. Your open hands and heart live on. I thought that was, that was quite a nice one. And then there's my personal favorite. Okay, Lat ek jou een story vertel. And I thought, and you know what was the best part is? There was a castle light beer can telling me, unopened on the bench, and I thought, yes, I want to know this guy. I don't know what, you know, like, and it, it was the most decorated, in a sense, decorated bench, um, and, you know, it's, it was a wonderful thing, and then I thought to myself, yeah, that person's no longer here, you know, um, and, and so this is what we've got to remember them by, and the common denominator across all of those benches was, at the top, it said, in loving memory, and I thought, you know, I sat there considering this for a while, and I thought, oh, man, okay, like, who were these people? Uh, what were the lives that they lived, you know? Why are people writing stuff like this about them? And I started to imagine what they would, who they were, uh, what jobs they had, how they died, did they know God, a and why did people write this stuff about them? And then, I, uh, you know, I put myself in their shoes, and I started going, oh, my goodness, okay, God, uh, uh, I don't need to worry about tomorrow because I don't know what today is going to hold, okay? But I put myself in their shoes, and I thought, what would people write about me? Um, you know, what, what would people say? Would it be like uh, some of these, a story for tell? Would it be like, ah, oh, this guy was full of stories, you know? And there's nothing wrong with stories, man. I'm like, I'm a sucker for a good story. I really am, man. Um, but I, I started to consider this, and it was like this deep processing time. And I thought, sheesh, God, I've just come here to kind of, you know, catch up with you and see what's on. And now I'm like starting to 
uh, you know, uh, hear a whole bunch of stuff that he's speaking to me on, and, and it was an incredible time. And I, and I think for me, uh, across the commonality across that was just that in loving memory. It was the thing that stuck to me. And I, and I thought to myself, if there was something that I could change on the plaque that was given to me, it would be not necessarily in loving memory. Because memories are, in a, and I hear, I, I hear why it's there, okay, so I'm not downplaying, I don't know, some of you may have made memories, uh, I mean made plaques with in loving memory on, but I, I do know that memories are something that actually they're made and they fade, and eventually they almost turn into myth, they can turn into myth, and I, I felt for, for mine, if anything was written about me, I was like, no man, why can't it be something of a legacy? Why can't it be something of a legacy, like a living, because something has lives on, um, so that it's no longer a memory and you, you kind of slowly but surely gets passed down the line and forgotten about, but it's like something that uh, it lives on, it's a living legacy, um, and often, you know, in legacies, if you, if you look at the description of it, its inheritance is attached to that, um, and so there is uh, something that we're called to which carries somewhat of an inheritance, um, and uh, that's kind of what I'm wanting to share on this morning. So, back to the future. <laughs> Why call back to the future? So the scripture that the Lord has been pulling on my heart is, comes out of Judges 2.6. I don't spend a lot of time in, in, uh, in Judges. Um, but yes, I, I've so enjoyed, like I'm a big, something I say to my wife would be, there's just, there's just not that much adventure left in the world for guys these days, you know. I wish we were born in those times we were like running around with swords and, you know, like that would be, that would be my ideal, man. Like some, uh, I t- I know some people look down on Lord of the Rings. I'm a, I'm a secret undercover fan. Um, but I, I've been reading through, you know, the, the um, Joshua and um, a lot of the Old Testament where you see the rise and fall of, of kings and kingdoms. And then the Lord would, you know, they'd do well for a while and they would have a leader and the people would establish, they'd rally around, they'd do well. And then boom, that person would either die or, some, or fall into sin or there would be idolatry amongst them and the Lord would come with a judge and have to judge. And then you'd raise up a new leader, and they were, you get what I'm saying? All right. And uh, I don't know about you guys, but like if you've grown up in millennials, so millennials, I'm going to re- read us the, the, the dates here for those who don't know. So 1981 to 1996, you actually classified as millennial. All right. Um, 1995 to 2012, uh, you're a Gen Z. <laughs> That's what we actually refer to as Gen Z. And, and so I'm like kind of like, I'm like in the middle there, you know, like I've actually, I was, what was I, five, four, I was four years old when millennials technically came to, to an end, and um, I was considering that, and you know, the, I read something this morning with regards to millennials and Gen Z, I said, millennials would be the people that would go, um, man, I want to, I, I expect good service, you know, like if I'm going to a place, I expect good service. And if it's not, I'm, I'm going to speak to the manager, and something needs to be done about it. And then the Gen Zers would go, well, I believe in self-service. I'm just going to do it myself, because it's the only way that I, I like it done that way. And, and that's going to play a role later on in what I've got to share. But uh, I think if you've grown up in the Gen Z, you probably have heard this a lot, okay? Um, that, uh, hold on, let me go back here, sorry. Church, this is what I was actually relating it to, sorry, I missed out. Church, today, I remember growing up in church, we, we were in a Baptist church, quite a, 
quite a solid fund, foundation, Baptist church. And I remember it seeming cool, man. Like, I remember guys, uh, uh, like, aspiring. Actually, funny enough, Zan, who's here, his dad and mom were there. They were welcome, uh, w- welcoming us into the doors. And then a couple years later, it turns around, and actually, we were welcoming them into And I just thought to myself, I saw his parents at a young age, and I thought to myself, that seems cool, man. Like, I could do that. And, I, and one of the questions I kind of have and it's going to line up with the scripture that I'm speaking on today, is what changed? What changed? And, I, and I, I do believe something has changed. And I do believe the Lord actually wants to open our eyes to it today, that church has become church as usual. And, um, and instead of actually inheriting something of the promises of God, some things that He said over certain regions, it's become this mundane kind of passing from A to B. And, and, and I do believe that there's something that... Um, what, that he's deposited in this scripture, in me, that I want to share with us today, to just broaden our horizons to actually what he's called us to, because otherwise we're going to perish with a lack of vision. Um, and uh, one of the, I'm going to read the scripture, but uh, Judges 2, 6, 10. Let's just go there. Okay, so after Joshua had dismissed the Israelites, they went to take possession of the land, each to their own inheritance. The people served the Lord throughout the lifetime of Joshua, of the elders who lived, uh, who outlived him, and who had seen all great things to the Lord, seen all the great things that the Lord had done for Israel. Joshua, son of Nun, the servant of the Lord, died um, at the age. There we go. That's easier. Um, died at the age of 110, and they buried him in the land of his inheritance at Timnath Heres in the hill country of Ephraim, north of the Mount of Gash. Okay. After that, whole generation had been gathered to their fathers. Another generation grew up who neither knew the Lord nor what he had done for Israel. And that's the scripture that, uh, that has actually been mulling and I've been chewing over. That's a scary thought. That's a really scary thought. Because if it's happening, if it's happening then, <laughs> it's, I want to say it's, we can't be church as usual. We can't be. It's happening now. The same thing is happening now. And I do feel like the Lord is coming to, in a sense, judge those who are amongst us, and He's coming to judge the church, and He will, we will actually give an account one day for how we've led the people of God, led our own lives, um, and what He's entrusted us, what have we done with that? And so that's why I feel like this morning I, I want us to look ahead, um, and it's the future, but we're going we're gonna to go back a bit and actually learn from what has happened in the old, uh, to see actually, well, where, where did this happen? Where did this thing go wrong? And I want to make three uh, very, I want to say, short and quick uh, statements where I think it's gone wrong um, and where I believe that the Lord has shown me something in the, in the Scripture that I want to actually pick apart. And, uh, and so let's unpack it. So, took possession, each to their own inheritance, given by God. So, the first thing we realize is like, you're going to go, oh, but Mike, you know, that, that inheritance, that land, it was given to them by God. And I would say, yeah, you're 100% correct. Is that scripture? Sorry, can we put that back up? It's actually easier to go through it. So it's something that the, after, the, okay, after just Joshua dismissed, they went to take possession of the land, each to his own inheritance. And I feel like this morning there's this, yes, he has given, he gave the land as an inheritance to them. But actually it says, if we can read in, in Joshua 23, 11, 13, 
It says there, be very careful, therefore. So now this is Joshua just before they go into the land. Joshua giving them clear instruction, okay? It says, be very careful, therefore, to love the Lord your God. For if you turn back and cling to the remnants of these nations remaining among you and make marriages with them, <laughs> That's right. marriages with them so that, they associate, so that you associate with them and they with you, Know for certain that the Lord your God will no longer drive out these nations before you, but they shall be a snare and a trap for you, a whip on your side and thorns in your eyes until you perish from off this good ground that the Lord your God has given you. So he's given you the ground, but he puts in place clear, a clear warning. He says, there's people in your land, okay? So I've called you to be my people, but I've placed you, I've given you this as an inheritance, but there's people in that land. If you go in, and, and actually, what they did was that, that the Lord would actually was supposed to drive them out from, from before him. And they, he said, don't cling to the remnants of that nation. And I liken that to, actually, the Lord's given us things. He's given us jobs. He's given us uh, things that we need to do in this world. He's given us even friends amongst us. He's given us possessions. Um, but he's asking of us this morning, don't cling to the things of this world. Okay, we read in, in Romans where it says, do not conform to the patterns of this world, but be transformed by the renewal of your mind so that you can test, approve, test and approve the will of God. What is good? Have you asked yourself, what is good? God, what is good in your eyes? What is perfect? What is pleasing to you, God? It's a good question to ask yourself. Eh? And uh, so he's given us this her- inheritance. He's given, and I'm not saying work is wrong. Please don't hear me that work's wrong. Okay? I, too have a, I too have a job. Okay? And uh, I work heartily as though unto God, but I know that He's given the inheritance, okay, and uh, so I, what the point I'm trying to make is I actually think that we are a little bit too concerned about our temporary position in this life instead of our internal position in the next, and um, you know, it's, it's hard because we get so nearsighted that we're almost blind, uh, I may not be using that scripture in exact context, but that, that's, Andrew would do this. He goes, um, he shared a, a thing once where uh, sometimes our abilities can get in the way, and sometimes we need perspective. And so he would, his sister was a really good rock climber, but he's the brother. I mean, he's going, no, 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 no. Like, I, wanna, I can't let my sister, you know, win this one. So the one day, Jeanette, his sister, sets up this thing and goes, no, no, okay, cool. Well, let's get to it then. Um, I'm going to scale the wall, and I'll be down b- before you did. And he's, well, let's go. You know, he always says he's not competitive. He's probably one of the most competitive people I've ever met. Eh? <laughs> he says he's just trying to better himself. Uh, um, <laughs> so anyway, they get, they get kitted, and they do all this stuff, and they start to climb this wall. And Andrew does. He actually gets to the top first. And he kind of, like, sticks it to Jeanette, you know. It was like, yeah, you know, you can be the, the pro rock climber, but remember, I'm the... I'm the, I'm the man, you know, and, uh, and then until it comes to the part where she says, no, but it's down too, like it's up and down, and then he gets to the stage where he goes like, oh, heck, okay, cool, so it starts to scurry down, and he does well for the first year, meter and a half, until he looks down, and he's first of all starts to freak at the height that they've just climbed, something he didn't consider, and then he starts to go, okay, well, my sister's beating me, and all of a sudden, there's this moment where he's lost perspective, he has no clue how he got up, and he doesn't know how he's going to come down. And his sister's just scaling this wall, all the way down. 
And um, the analogy that he was used would actually be, sometimes we need that external perspective. He needed his sister actually to stand there afterwards and go, okay, left foot here, right foot there. He said he felt like the biggest pawpaw. But uh, it taught him a lesson, and that was the perspective. And I I think something of our perspective this morning um, needs to change, man. Like there's something that uh, we've become so nearsighted, and the Lord's trying to show us. No, 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 no. Okay, just hold on a moment. I'm here with you. And I, I just need to put your left foot, th- and you need to put your left foot there, you need to put your right, and slowly but surely, I'm going to bring you back to actually what I've called you to be, actually the true picture of what church, a body, a family, my understanding of it, not the things that have snuck in. <laughs> and so, are we open to that? Are we open to change? I hope so, because then we shouldn't be here, right? Scripture tells us we're passing from glory to glory. If you pass from glory to glory... You're changing. <laughs> Is it right? Okay. <clears throat> so, are we fleshly beings having a temporary spiritual experience? Are we spiritual beings having a, a um, temporary fleshly experience? Sorry, that's a mouthful. I'm trying to get it out. <laughs> Something I was, uh, the Lord showed me when I was prepping he showed me a picture of, of a ring. Now, I've, my brother-in-law is a jeweler, and um, he makes the most, like, the exquisite rings. Like, I think at our wedding, we got, uh, we got licensed to actually, I think it was something like a million rand of jewelry that between four ladies had on. I was just like, I wasn't even thinking, no, I'm kidding. I wasn't thinking about, I was fixated on the bride, on my, on my wifey, okay? Uh, she's not here today. She's a little bit sick. But uh, I was fixated on her just for the recording, you know, so I don't get in trouble later. Um, but there was this sense of like, uh, you know, these are things that my brother-in-law's made, and it's exquisite. And uh, the Lord was just showing me this ring. And I don't know about uh, for you ladies who have nice uh, diamonds that, that are set in the ring. Um, one, of the, one of the ways that you can actually test is just by giving it a little flick close to your ear and just seeing if that, if you're hearing a little bit of a buzzing, okay, this is, yeah, this is a freebie, you guys don't, I won't charge for this one. But um, you, you actually will hear that maybe the stone is a little bit loose and you can get some of those claws tightened just before it actually falls out. And uh, why I felt the Lord wanted to show me that is that that jewel that he's given us is actually eternal life. And he set it there. And it feels like some things have begun to grip where they're not supposed to grip. Some things have actually begun to loosen. And before the stone falls out, he just wants to go, okay, cool. Let me just, I just want to show you a better way. Okay. And, and I do believe that that ring is somewhat an inheritance uh, attached to it. And also our covenant with him. That's the, that's the reason of the ring. Okay. That it's something that is precious to him. That's what he's coming back for, is the bride. Um, and before that stone falls out, he's just going, no, just remember, some of, these, some of these claws or clasps or whatever they're called, they just need to be tightened just a little bit. Um, and, uh, and uh, you know, I was reminded of that scripture in uh, Revelation 2.5, I think Baudine wrote it down this morning, where it says, um, I know you're enduring patiently and bearing up for my name's sake, and you have not grown weary. But I have this against you. This is um, Jesus addressing the church in Revelation. He says, I have this against you, that you have abandoned the love you had at first. Remember, therefore, from where you have fallen, repent and do the works that you did at first. If not, I will come against you and remove your lampstand from its place unless you repent. And that's a heavy word, man. That's a heavy word. And he's speaking to one of the seven churches in Revelation when he says that. So some, some of you, actually, you've forgotten the things. 
that you did it first. It's your love. You've forgotten to love your God. And that's actually one of the things I want to pick up on now. Um, so I feel actually this first portion where it says, after Joshua dismissed the Israelites, we went to take possession of the land, each to their own inheritance. That Gen Z, the self-service. I think there's something of an idolatry that's actually snuck in and a love for things and possessions um, that start to actually pull us from the love of God. You cannot serve both love and um, both God and money. It's quite clear on that. And, and I do think there's things pulling, this is one of the things that's pulling for our direction. It's one of the three that I want to pick up on. Each to their own. They took possession, each to their own. And again, the Lord gave them inheritance. But I do believe, like He's entrusted us with things, He's going, what will you do with these things? What will you do? Will you, so is your job a, a means of income? Or is it just another avenue to be able to lay a good, uh, lay a good foundation and actually be faithful what I've given you? Will you use this to extend the kingdom, the finances that do come in? Or is it, what, what can I lay aside in a, in a barn? We'll just make another barn for when it, hey? So what is the Lord saying to us? And are we making, the, are we making use of where the Lord's positioned us? Because each one's so different. Each one's so unique. Yeah? And uh, the Lord is looking for that, man. He's looking for those who actually will return to their first love. He's looking for those who are no longer attached to those idols. <laughs> Don't cling to the remnant. Further up, it says, love your God. Just remember, love your God. Cling to God. And then it uses that same thing. This is in Joshua 23. It says further down, don't cling to the remnant of this world. Don't cling to the remnant of those who are living amongst you. I've desired you to look a certain way. Don't go and water down what I've died for. Hey? <laughs> I hope this is challenging us. It challenged me. It really is. If we come here and I tell you, I, I think this is one of the hardest things to do because everything in me wants to go, oh, the love of God. <laughs> And, he, and, he did, and like, that is my desire. I do hope that you see the love of God because he, this is his picture for us so that we could walk in the fullness. It's not to, it really isn't. He's actually, his desire is for us to be one, just as him and the Father are one. Sometimes I think that's probably the most impossible prayer ever prayed. It's like, let them be one as we are one. Oh my goodness, of one heart, mind, and vision. Yo, Lord. It's a high call. How are we going to do this? Only Jesus say. And so I want to preach love, yes. But it's, this, it's a love that leads us to repentance. It's this kindness that leads us to repentance. It's the fear of God that will actually keep you there. It's the fear of God. That, and we need to keep attention between the two. God loves us. He gave His one and only Son. He'll do anything for us. And He has. He's made a way. And yet the fear of God recognized the reverence of who I am what I've called you to, I didn't come and die for you so that you could look the same. And re renew our minds. We're not from here. <laughs> okay. Second part. The people served the Lord throughout the lifetime of Joshua and of the elders who lived, uh, who outlived him and who had seen all the great things the Lord had done for Israel. And for me, there's... there's uh, there's something significant in there. There's a few things that are significant there. First of all, it says that the people served the Lord. So I think there's so much always uh, emphasis on, well, Joshua, he must have been a strong leader, bold and courageous. 
you know, served under Mo- Moses. And, and, but that's not what that scripture says. You can actually put it up there, uh, second half of that verse I gave you in Judges 2. It says, the people served the Lord throughout the lifetime of Joshua. That's all inclusive. <laughs> it's all inclusive. I think one of the things that's the, snuck in is the fact that actually there's, uh, it's become about the, the, the one guy up front. And, well, it's, you know, feed me. <laughs> feed me. <laughs> okay. It's like the sense of, well, let's see. I wonder what he's going to preach on today. Man, if that's the heart that we come to church, uh, what does the Lord want to do amongst us this morning? What does he want to do? I, honestly, I, I, in worship, I was considering God. Do we scrap this? Do we scrap the preach? Do we continue worshiping? Maybe the Lord wants to minister through one of us. And I was so encouraged when Glenn brought a word. I think, I think in the last two weeks, we've had Francois that's brought, brought an encouragement uh, just around Father's Day, and then we've had Glenn that's brought a word. And that's actually what we see in Scripture. <laughs> it's not just the one guy up front. If it becomes that, the man of God, <laughs> we've lost the plot, seriously. It's the priesthood of believers. That's all we see. How did it get in? And how do we get it out? <laughs> okay. I know these are sometimes like these little precious jewels because you, you, it actually requires something, and that something is not always comfortable. And tying in what Mike was sensing just in this morning, that actually in his presence, the vulnerability. Can we vulnerably come before and actually go, you know, that doesn't make me comfortable, but for your sake, God, I'll step out. I'll step out because I know by filling a seat from week to week, I'm not probably, I'm almost definitely not walking in everything that you have for me. How do you want to use me? Do we think like this when we come to church? God, this morning, how would you use me? What would you want me to bring? <laughs> and I'm not saying this is a plan. We'll keep going here as long as we can, but I, my desire, and I know God's desire, is for us to walk in the full inheritance that he's got for each one of us. What would that look like? <laughs> Have you thought of what that would look like? <laughs> I, think, I think we'd actually be like, I mean, that, that's something that I'll, I'll, that's something that I can see. I know that the Lord's died for and that I'll stand here drawing out of us until the day that uh, we pass into glory. Because eh? um, I, I think that's something that's really exciting for me. Really, really exciting. And so, yeah.
Uncle Andy, sure. I love it. Uh, you know, it's evident when uh, the, it's like the Spirit of the Lord is on someone. And that's why I went to her and actually was going, Lindy, what have you got for us? <laughs> and, I, and I tried to draw. I tried to draw. And, and sometimes that break, you know, with the, um, uh, something within a preach will stir and you'll have faith. Faith comes by hearing, hearing the Word of God. Okay, I'll step out. Uh, I love that. Uh, thank you, Lindy. Thanks for adding to us. And, and this is actually one of the things that I almost want to say that we value is the fact that, uh, you know, it's not, uh, wait to the end. I'll speak to you afterwards. Okay. Um, but that there's, a, there's an openness amongst us to be able to go, okay, what is God saying amongst us? And how do we best follow Him? Because that is the desire. How do we get there? God, how do we give you all your glory? Okay. I'm so far off my notes. It's a joke. But I, but I do believe that the Lord is, uh, it, does it feel like He's ministering something to us this morning? Okay. All right. <laughs> so that second part where it says, The people served throughout the lifetime of Joshua and of the elders who outlived him and who had seen all the great things that the Lord had done for Israel. And um, I think that what I would pick up on there is actually the individualistic mindset that has snuck in. And, and I do believe that that's actually rooted in pride. So it's become about the one man and what what I want, instead of the priesthood of believers, and where are we going in God, and how do you want to use me, God? <laughs> okay, and as soon as that thing shifts, we will, we'll stop seeing people come through, which brings me to my next point. I don't want to rush. Um, it says that, you know, and then, so the people served the Lord, and then he had people in place. He had leaders in place. So there was the Moses who brought through a Joshua. And Joshua, he set in place to be able to lead people into the promises, into the promised land. And so he will raise up leaders to be able to actually go, okay, cool, this is where we're going, okay? And come, guys, this is how we're going to get there. It's just been his picture from, from the beginning. And so I want to I say, this is almost uh, touchy ground, okay? But Hebrews 13, it says it quite clearly. It says, look, um, um, consider those who spoke to you the word of God. Okay, or was it, sorry, look to those who spoke to you the word of God. Consider the outcome of their way of life. Imitate their faith. So there's, there's some things that actually are in my life where, where if you consider the outcome of my way of life, yeah, some stuff is questionable, and the Lord's working on me on some of those things, okay? Um, and if you, but I'm the one that's right now who's speaking to you the word of God, okay? So in a, in a way, I'm setting an example here for us to follow. Consider the outcome of my way of life. Well, is this, is this guy actually even devoted? Is he living out what he's preaching? And so, so there needs to be a recognition for actually if someone is leading us, where they're leading us. And if someone is leading, who's following? Because there will always be someone following. Okay, otherwise, what, what you're just going on a walk. If, you, if you're a leader but there's no one following, you're just going for a walk. Okay, and so the Lord has used people like a Joshua, like a, um, like a Moses, and he still uses people throughout today to be able to lead people into the promises of God. So the people served, and they had leaders amongst them. Um, and I do believe that there's somewhat of that individualistic mindset, that pride, that pushes against um, because it's an uncomfortable place. It's people actually telling you, well, this is what God's picture is. And the one thing that we taught always, hide behind the word. <laughs> okay, so if you can come to me and you go, no, Mike, I feel like you were, you were really sharing something there that actually it's not sitting well. Um, you were telling me, and in a sense, you're telling me to change my life. 
uh, shift on something that I've believed for years. I need to be able to hide behind this because this is the manual. This is the, the, he's the author and the perfecter of our faith. And so we need to be able to stand on his word. And actually, this is the manual that he's given us in order to do so. Okay, so this is an, op- this is an opinion. This is conviction. This is what I, I believe the word is saying and the pattern that we need to follow. Okay, um, so look to your leaders, those who have spoken to the word of God. Consider the outcome of their way of life. Imitate their faith. Imitate their faith. So imitate. What does it look like? Man, I, we had a guy in, uh, I was told of a guy in our Stellenbosch congregation. A couple of weeks back, we had Henry come here. And Henry shared uh, that there was a guy in their congregation. He had just come in. And one of the guys from the AM congregation said to them, listen, there's been a guy at AM. He's a little bit of a strange character. He's full of tattoos. His hair's down here. It, it doesn't seem like he's even bathed in a while. Just be wary of, of him. He's welcome. He actually has the highest uh, place in our in congregation. That's actually what Scripture tells us. Okay, so, so he's welcome amongst us, but just be wary because, you know, we don't want to be caught off guard either. So this guy comes in, and uh, Henry was leading the meeting that day. And he says that he's standing in the, in the oh, as he walks into church, here's this guy standing with a bib on. Now, they've been sent his photo because we want to watch out. There's also kids amongst us. We need to be mindful that actually the, that... Uh, these days wasn't necessarily what we're living in today, okay? We live in a, a little bit of a broken world. And so we need to be mindful and, and constantly watching, watching for the wolves. And so this guy, this guy comes in and, and uh, well, Henry comes in and he meets this guy at the visitor's desk where the kids' church workers and everything. This guy's got the bib on. <laughs> he's got the bib on already and he's standing there going, yeah, welcome to Just Jen. It's just like his second time there. He went to the service in the morning and now he's at the evening serving already. And so you could do one of two things. You can go, oh, this guy's really, and he's just lost it a little bit. Or there's a sense of, uh, well, jeez, maybe he's caught the value of what it looks like to serve. Some people take 15 years to get there. This guy's freaking not even 15 hours, you know. And, uh, and so, okay, yes, is that wise? Mm. The guys had a, had a handle on it and actually were able to, okay, well, let's just watch this guy. And so brought him alongside. One of the guys came through, one of the deacons came through and said, hey, listen, um, Paul, I see you serving. That's wonderful. Come with me, you know. And took and stood, and then took him to the prayer meeting beforehand. And he stood there, and, he, and Henry led the prayer meeting. At one point, he says he was raising his hands. This is Henry, and the guy would raise his hands. And at one point, he he went down to his, his knees whilst he was praying, and this guy went down to his knees. And then you look at it, and you go, "Oh, this guy's a little bit of an eccentric, you know. Like this, he's a little bit, uh, you know, couple, what was it? A couple sandwiches short of a picnic, okay? Um, or." Has he caught the heart of emulating, imitating faith? And <laughs> I can say from in this case, probably not, because he did get saved a little bit later. Okay, but there was something of just the heart to follow God. And so he, after finding out a little bit more about him, he returned the next week. Some guys met for coffee with him that same week. And um, this, guy's, this guy had been radically impacted, and he didn't know what had happened. He was still on drugs. He was still, you know, I don't know what uh, was his drug of choice, but he was, he was not in his right mind. And he rocks up at the next meeting, and they're speaking on baptism. And they have this incredible time where they had only planned to baptize one or two people, and then a bunch of people came forward, and they had the mic. 
Uh, and they were allowing guys to just share. Now, one of the things that you, uh, it's a, just a general rule, is you don't ne always hand the mic to someone not knowing them. <laughs> like anything can come out, eh? It's, it's, it's wild. Um, so, so the guys are, luckily they were seasoned and they're skilled guys and they were going, okay, cool. Before you get baptized, you understand what this means? And can you tell the rest of us congregation why you want to get baptized? And so on the spot, these guys are filled with conviction and they're going, man, we've seen something we've never seen before. We, we see that the scripture says, repent, be baptized. We've repented. We, we're turning the other way and we want to get baptized now in a step of obedience. And the guys were it was an incredible moment. It's actually somewhere on, on Facebook, there was a little clip of it. It was just like, you know, I don't often say you can sense it in a, in a, on a Facebook video, but there was just something of the, the, the life of God on that. And um, <laughs> as they're busy uh, doing this, here comes this guy. Let's just call him Johnny. Johnny runs up, and he's, now he's standing at the front there, and he's looking, and he's going, uh, yeah, I want to get baptized. And now everything in you is going, oh goodness, you know, like, okay, this, it's been two weeks with the guy. Um, but he was one of the ones that were impacted in that meeting that the Lord really met with. And so here's this guy, probably, uh, you know, you could be questionable, he was probably in a withdrawn state, not knowing what was going on in his life, still living on the street, and the guy said, the guy's held the mic, white-knuckling it, okay, it wasn't getting, wasn't getting out of the hands, and, and, and he shared this, and he said, um, you know, once, that, once I was baptized in confusion, and today I'm going to get baptized in clarity. And that guy's, that guy's uh, cut his hair. He's off drugs. He's in Timothy uh, Ministry Training, which is uh, the Josh Jim Bible School. And he's like one of the most sold-out guys uh, at the moment, living out the purposes of God. He's seen a better way. Hey? Yeah, I just found that like, and I, and I thought now... I, I thought about that guy now, and I thought to myself, can you imagine when that guy's just, okay, maybe, I hope they don't knock all his corners off. I really don't. I hope they don't tame him. Because one of the things I think that actually standing against in our generation is we come with a clean-cut uh, approach, and it's the man of God. And actually, we've lost the wildness that the Lord has asked of us. And... Um, Sorry, <laughs> that's something the Lord's been working on me on. <laughs> Someone walked in the other day and said, ah, oh, you've got that coffee machine and you've got a K-Way puffer jacket. You look like the typical Josh Jen Elder. I said, that's probably the most offensive thing you could ever say to me. <laughs> Seriously, it's like I never saw, you know, I never saw that of myself. I, I really, I, I don't like the, the tame, clean cut. Man, I, I think there's too much of that. There's far too much of that, man. We need guys who are wild. I think of that guy that I just spoke about now. What would he look like? Uh, what, maybe once they have, he cut his hair and taught him a good a few principles that maybe he didn't learn at home. What would he look like in terms of imitating? Huh? I can tell you what, he probably wouldn't take 15 years to get there. He'd probably be in the first year, he'd be firing, firing on all cylinders. Who even says a year? Huh? <laughs> anyway. That brings me to my next point. I'm sorry, I'm going way too long. I specifically only spoke out in one scripture. <laughs> All right. Brings me to my last point. Okay, it says, after that, and this was probably the, the part that I want to say was the I had to chew on the longest. Um, <clears throat> after that, a whole generation had been gathered to their ancestors. Another generation grew up. 
who neither knew the Lord nor what he had done for Israel. And I consider someone like a Joshua who served under Moses for many years. I think that there's that uh, scripture in Exodus 33 that we found this morning, buddy. The Lord reminded me of it. Where, um, oh, let's just read it. Thus the Lord used to speak to Moses, uh, speak to Moses face to face as a man speaks to his friend. When Moses turned again into the, into the camp, his assistant Joshua, the son of Nun, a young man, would not depart from the tent. And there's something of a, a Joshua sensing the presence of God and not willing to depart from the tent. It's like there, at some moment it needs to become what others have taught you. It needs to become what, well, what is the God living it out through you. And, and uh, I think for me, one of the, the greatest areas where I, in fact, could say the wheels came off for me at the age of 19, mm, 18, 19, um, and a little bit before that, um, was that I'd grown up in a, in a youth group where it was incredible for youth. It was incredible. We were, but we were never transitioned into the life of the church, never transitioned into the body. And the, uh, where are... We are worshippers amongst us, Zan, Zan and Vion and um, Sam. Why don't you guys just stand quickly? So these three, I, I love the fact that they're here today. We used to lead uh, Malpos youth. And these were the, some of the three that were actually entrusted to, to me to be able to lead. And this isn't, oh, well done, Mike. I'm not, this is what I'm saying. But something, we, we sent all our worship leaders out of that to Otsurum, out of that youth. We didn't have worship at youth. <laughs> for a long time, for about a year. It was hard graft. And slowly but surely, slowly but surely, those awkward moments turned into something of the presence of God. We started to push through. And now most of the youth in Malpos are leading worship. And what's lovely for me is, you guys can sit, they're making the place to come tidy. Um, <laughs> what, what, what's lovely for me is, is not the fact that, that uh, oh, they, they're young. No, they are so much a part of that Malkbos congregation that actually walk in there. Some of the guys, they had a youth camp last week, and they said, I saw the message on the group. They said, man, we missed the youth amongst us this morning. It was evident. There was a hole. There was something missing. And for, for us, I think there's something that I desire for us is to be able to go, the, the youngsters amongst us need the old people. I want to say old people, the refineries, those who are seasoned, those who are full of wisdom, those who have gone through the life battles and have been trained for certain things. We need those people to be able to train the younger guys. If it stopped with Moses, Moses is going to die. He didn't even inherit the promise. But he, thank God that he trained up Joshua who could lead people into the more. And, and for, for us, that is the, the point I want to labor this morning is that I feel as a, as a church globally today, but certainly here in, in our South Africa context, I would say we're failing in bringing young people through. We're failing <laughs> horribly. And I, I don't want this to be a downer. What I'm, what I'm going at is, do we see it? And then what's the future? How do we get there? Okay. This isn't what we're doing, three steps of what we're doing wrong and three steps. I'm hoping that the Lord's ministering, making us aware of what He desires for us and what shouldn't be amongst us. And then how do we get there? How do we, and, and I can say this, I don't have all the answers. I'd love to be able to go here, the three points of success. But I know this, that um, I shared with the team this morning, that it is, that, that Joshua and Caleb were sent. They were the only two that brought back a, an encouraging report about the land. And I felt like um, we need to be those who are not coming with, well, what's broken, 
but how do we fix it? And how does the Lord want to use me? Mike, I realize that actually you preached on Sunday and you touched on inheritance and my eternal position in God. And I realize I'm not walking in the fullness of God. How do I get there? What can I bring? And how do I make that best used amongst us in this congregation, in this context? Hey? <laughs> I hope it's hitting home. I hope it's, uh, because my, my heart really is not how do we get this looking the best. It's not. This thing will look the best when we're fulfilling the purpose of God. Each one. Um, it says that actually the, the um, I don't know if I've written it down here. No, I haven't, but that's okay. Um, yeah, to fulfill the purposes of God, man, we will, as each one plays their part, the body is built up in love, and we actually, we can progress, we move forward. And that's the best picture of family to a lost and broken world. And I saw a scripture this, uh, this week, a uh, scripture. Uh, signboard this week that said, the church for families. And I thought, sounds lovely. <laughs> but what about the brokenhearted? What about the widows? What about the orphans? What about the lost? And what about those who are needy? And <laughs> yes, we've got responsibility. And I can tell you right now, if it's left to the, the meology, the one guy, yeah, we're going to go nowhere. We're going to tread water and eventually get tired. And, and so our, our hope this has actually been just a revisioning uh, for us this morning is that he's called us to a high thing, man. He really has. But what a privilege. What a privilege to display something of the real life of God. Not a form of godliness, but denying its power. And we want to see the power of God, the power to change lives, <laughs> the power to change actually how we do church. In a greater sense, something that we believe, I, don't, I hate to bring name into it, but it is something that Andrew Fault deposited in Josh Jen to an actual uh, reformation again of how we do church, asking questions, why are we doing that? And how do we stop doing that? And how do we do it the way that God intended to do it? <laughs> does it does it make sense? Okay. So I want to read a, a little portion of scripture. I said to the guys this morning, I have no clue how the Lord wants to ha uh, land this thing. But maybe Francois, maybe you could come and, he says he doesn't do background music. I want you to try your hardest, bro. <laughs> Don't do normal. There we go. And that's why, that's why Francois is leading worship here. I love it. <laughs> we don't do normal. Man, normal scares me, yeah, seriously. I think there needs to be a, a sort of, you know, um, I heard someone say the other day, no, there needs to be order in the household of God. Uh, and I think you're right. I think there does need to be order in the household of God. But is it your order and your idea of order? Or is it God's order? <laughs> and sometimes, it's, sometimes it can look like chaos, especially when the Holy Spirit is moving amongst us. Okay, so um, <laughs> I hope there's the seeds dropping. Okay, so I'm going to go back to that, uh, that verse where it says, Be very careful, therefore, to love the Lord your God. For if you turn back and cling to the remnants of these nations remaining among you, and make marriages with them so that you associate with them and they with you, know for certain that the Lord your God will no longer drive out these nations before you. They shall become a snare and a trap for you. And then in, uh, to, to end this off, I did feel like this was maybe the call for us this morning is, uh, when you think of Joshua, there's uh, a famous scripture. I did have it down here somewhere. Serve the Lord. Choose this day whom you will serve. And I do feel like it's a little bit of a, 
line in the sand here this morning. That actually, we, as I mentioned earlier, uh, as each part plays its bit, I want to ask us this morning, it just feels like uh, the anointing here this morning, uh, it's the thing that breaks the yoke. And I don't always feel the liberty to be able to share what I'm about to share, but it does, it do, Andrew used to call it Purge Sundays. I want to say, if, you, if you're coming here and you're amongst us today, and you've come to get and not to give, uh, I don't know if it's a church for you. <laughs> uh, I want to say all are welcome, but we need to be heading somewhere. We need to be going somewhere. Okay. Everyone is welcome here, really. And I do believe everyone's got a part to play. Um, because if someone actually ga- gave, gave up on me based on my, you know, how long it took, and uh, I'd be a lost cause. <laughs> I'd still be somewhere probably lost, broken, still doing drugs. Um, and uh, and I, I feel like this morning there's a conversation here between Joshua and the people that he was leading. And I, and I want to present this to you. It says, serve the Lord, choose this day whom you will serve, whether the gods your fathers served in the region beyond the river or the gods of the Amorites in whose land you dwell. But as for me and my household, we will serve the Lord. As for this household, we will serve God. And that's the line that we're drawing this morning. And it says, Then the people answered, Far be it from us that we should forsake the Lord to serve other gods. For it is, for it is the Lord our God who brought us out, um, brought, sorry, brought us and our fathers up from the land of Egypt out of the house of slavery, and who did great signs in the sight of the preserved in all the ways that we went. Joshua says, uh, yeah, But Joshua said to the people, You are not able to serve the Lord. For he is a holy God. He is a jealous God. He will not forgive your transgressions or your sins. If you forsake the Lord and serve foreign gods, then he will turn and do you harm and consume you after having done good. Done you good. And the people said to Joshua, No, but we will serve the Lord. Then Joshua said to the people, You are witnesses against yourselves that you have chosen the Lord and to serve him. And I feel like this morning, for for us in this household, we need to serve, we choose to serve God. And I feel like as the one who the Lord has asked to lead this congregation this morning, I would like to know, what will we choose? In light of eternity, knowing that actually our lives are but a mist, a vapor. There's only one life and it'll soon be passed. And it's only what's done for Jesus that will last. And he's got much yet to do. What will we choose this morning? Will we choose life? Will we choose to follow? <laughs> will we choose to resort to our patterns, our way of thinking, where it's comfortable, knowing that actually He's plotted out an inheritance for us? It's something for us to walk in. And so there's this conversation with Him, with the people that He's leading, going, No, you're not. You don't understand the God that we serve, the God that is holy, the God that is... And the people say, no, 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 far be it from us. Far be it from us that we would turn away from our God. And I feel like that needs to be our heart this morning, is far be it from us that we would turn away from our God and what He's got for us. So in view of this, I do feel like there actually needs to be a little bit of a public statement. And we haven't been too great on this, so I'm hoping it's going to be a little bit better this morning. (laughs) If... You're choosing to serve the Lord and to go on His Word 
and the picture of how He wants things done. Why don't you stand with me? And I want you to, I want you to stand if it's meaningful to you. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Hmm. Now, Father, your word says that you've gone to prepare a place for us. Lord, that we are in this world, but we are not of it. And Lord, I, we recognize this morning that even in our, in our leanings into our, the way that our minds think, the way that, Father, we, we need to be renewed again. And so we come to you this morning, Lord, something that's not easy always to do. And we say, forgive us, God, for where we've missed the mark. Forgive us as a church for how we've wandered after the things of the world, possessions, earthly inheritance. And Father, we come back to the eternal reward. Lord, we know that you, like that ring and that precious stone, you have placed eternity within our hearts. You have set it in our hearts, in the hearts of men and women. And I pray that that would become life to us again. Lord, that we would stop looking at circumstance, our own brokenness, patterns, traditions. And God, we would look to you, the author and the perfecter of our faith, knowing that you are able to do all things far greater than we could think or imagine. And so this morning we, we ask your forgiveness, God, and we ask that you teach us. Teach us, Father, what it looks like to truly honor you in the way that we do church, in the way that we come before you as our King, as a way we treat one another in love. Father, we don't want those idols amongst us. We don't want to cling to that remnant. We want to be those who have a love for God, a love for the thing that you died for and are coming back for. And we recognize this morning that uh, it is your kindness that leads us to this place of repentance. We pray for the healthy fear of God to keep us there, Lord. And so maybe for maybe there's some amongst us this morning, just as I've been sharing this, there's something that the it's like the Spirit's been ministering to you, and you actually realize that you, you're speaking about these things, but maybe you're not even serving God. Maybe these things are foreign, and Scripture speaks about a veil being lifted, and so it will seem foreign. It will seem foreign, and I, and I want to give you that opportunity, probably the best decision you'll ever make, should you choose it said that the Father sent His one and only Son for the purpose of us being reunited to Him. Him who is able to not look upon sin. And Jesus, His Son, pays the price. Scripture tells us that we are now hidden in Him. In the Son. And so does that mean that we're going to become squeaky clean? <laughs> no. <laughs> one day, but there is something of a purification that he's looking for. He's looking for those amongst us who would follow him no matter the cost. He's looking for us to look a certain way. And so I want to present that this morning as an ambassador of Christ. 
be reconciled to God. And you'll know because the Spirit's even tapping on your heart right now, calling you unto Himself. And so if that's you this morning and you want to accept Jesus as your personal Savior, why don't you just lift your hand whilst every eye is closed and bow, your head is bowed. Why don't you just lift your hand. I'm not going to ask you to do anything embarrassing. I just want to just be a public declaration. So I'm, I'm not 100% even sure where to go from here. <laughs> I didn't know that there needed to be a, a line drawn in the sand. And I, I spoke with the guys this morning and, and just there, it was reassured in my heart that actually this message would not be received with a blanket of heaviness, but one that we would rejoice in knowing that he's actually just making us a little bit more like him. A little bit more like him. And so it's a joyous thing. Tough at times, but it's a joyous thing. And so for the joy that was set before him, he endured. And so we endure. Knowing that one day, the struggles that we face here, we will not face any longer. That is an internal reward for us. He has prepared a place for us. We are called a people to his own possession. And... Uh, and that is our God. And so I wonder if there's possibly a, a song we can end in. Um, and yeah, cool. A new song. A new big song. A new big song. Oh, here we go. <laughs> and I, and I want to ask us.